Welcome to Talking Tunes with these two goons. I am Alex Kramer. I'm Matthew Grant. And welcome to Talking Tunes with these two goons. Another episode of our music podcast where we talk to people about music, why we love music, and all that jazz. I gotta uh, quickly apologize. Hopefully the audience, I'm very sick right now. It's Um, terrible. Yeah, I was actually in the hospital last night, so I'm also tired, so if I seem grumpy... More grumpy than I usually am. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. then that's why. So, um, yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you want to tell them the full story? Oh well, yeah. I had a I had a really bad staph infection on my finger, and I went to some friend's house last night, and they were like, "Matt, you gotta go to the hospital." Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the hospital, and they had to like drain it out. It was Ugh. it was disgusting. This is a music podcast, by the way. And yeah. uh, he was listening to music. While I was actually. Music. I was actually taking notes on this album. We're going to talk about. It's um, a very grindcore concept. You know? It is. It is <laughs> having pus in your finger. Right. Yeah. Um, we could but talk about grindcore. After this, I'm probably going to go home and take some Sudafed, make some soup. You know, and just live your best life. And just live my best life. <laughs> Super fed. Super fed. <laughs> Super fed. All right, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, he's an improviser and he's a nice guy. <laughs> John Watt. John Watt, yay. It's me. Pull the mic up to your, pull the mic up to your mouth. Hello, mom. Hello, dad. <laughs> pull the mic up I to your mouth. Ma- your son's made it. Yeah. Right. I made it. Yeah. Here's your prize. You yeah. Did <laughs> you did it. You can room on the first beautiful day in like spring. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. You can come home to Thanksgiving now because you're on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I guess something to talk about. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, actually, I gotta give John credit. He is easily our most prepared guest. Sorry, Vanessa. Am I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm more prepared than Vanessa St. Clair. She was really prepared on the last one we did mm-hmm. with her, but yeah. um. You like you brought your freaking laptop. You actually brought a record version of the album. Well, yeah, that's just because I own the record. I don't think that's a statement of me being prepared. I think it's more of a statement of me being a record collector who wants to show off his collection. Nah, like, yeah, fucking snob, asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah John, so pull I'm, the mic up to your mouth, dude. Yeah, what? you're. Yeah, move it closer. You sound a little far levels, away. Yeah, levels, yeah. Levels, 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 Okay. Pulsive, pulsive, pulsive. I remember when I listened to uh, the new studio episode of the Alex Kramer program. And by the way, I am the connecting link between uh, Mike Iverson and Chris Sexauer and uh, Shelby Shirello, who got them onto Alex Kramer's original program. Wow. Uh, (laughs) And I remember not being able to hear half of what they were saying. Yeah, uh, it was so off because like all like the chords were like pulled were like jumbled and i'm like uh sorry and they're like yeah. right here like we they showed up like five minutes after i did it's like i ba- i did not know them at all and like <laughs> it was like i barely knew you and i was like oh hi uh, like and they were very nice and patient oh, they're great well, yeah they're Mike very and Chris sweet. have a great new band now called uh flower crown oh yeah, yeah. do you want to do you want to do that first you want to quickly plug some uh, well artists? i feel like i should do that at the end okay right? yeah we can yeah. do that but I let's like I should go forget that you heard band. that yeah forget that <laughs> yeah um john let's, let's get you want to 
Is there something else you wanted to ask him? No, I was about to ask him the same question you were about to okay. ask him. Yeah, Ooh. why don't you introduce the album we're going to talk about today? The Monitor by Titus Andronicus. Mm, yes. A great punk rock band originally founded in New Jersey, Glenrock, New Jersey. I'm getting this off the Wikipedia page. Right, right, oh, right. Uh, I believe Pat Stickles is Brooklyn-based now. But uh, this band has been the life project of Patrick Stickles. And he keeps saying he's going to stop. After every single album, he's like, that's it. I'm done. I got to live a normal life. So he does a a Jay-Z. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be funny. He'd appreciate that too. I read a recent interview where he said that like some of his lyrics were like uh, inspired by uh, 90s hip hop, like especially uh, New York 90s hip hop. And he has two cats one named Ghostface Killer and one named Break One the Chef. Okay, I do like him a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean, we all grew, well, we, I was born in the 80s, but like we yeah. all like lived through the 90s. You can't, we live in a world that has been dominated by hip hop. So it's like, yeah, yeah, hip Impossible not to be influenced by it in some is way. The forward seeking genre right now, I gotta say, at least in popular yeah. music. It's hard to be interested in a lot of mainstream rock. And a lot of the rock that I've listened to, has sounded more and more like the product of its influences yeah. rather right. than going off in a new direction. And this album is definitely the product of its influences. Oh, yeah, it definitely. definitely oh, definitely. That, like, that doesn't make it not great, Yeah, but it is definitely very heavily Springsteen influenced, mm-hmm. yeah. very heavily replacement influenced. Apparently, and I never really listened to this artist before, but very Billy Bragg. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I never read up on him. I never listened to him, too. I know he did albums with, like, Wilco. They did those, like, Woody Guthrie, yeah. like, tribute but albums I feel like the with Wilco, Wilco thing was kind of like uh, Ockerville River working with Roki Erickson type situation. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I know a newer who band, Ockerville like, takes River. on an older... Like singer songwriter and puts them front and center because they want to spotlight their work. Yeah, Hmm. I think it's. I think I don't know if it's like that. This is a rhetorical question for you. (laughs) Well, actually, um, there's actually like another some other influences besides Springsteen's and the replace. Yeah, what what influences flew out to you? Well, actually, let's get into the first song so I can uh, be a little bit more. um, Yeah, Uh, I do want to before we get into it point out this record jacket that we have. Yeah, Titus Andronicus, the Monitor. (laughs) Uh, If you open it up, whoa, look, it's Honest Abe inside here, guys. I know you all can see this at home. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) if you if you actually there's a camera in this room. Yeah, where (laughs) you actually go out and uh, buy the album. It has a recommended reading list about the Civil War in here, and that's the interesting thing that we got to dive into. Yeah, there's like this. This album has an overall kind of Civil War concept. They released it on a. On March 9th, 2010, for a specific reason. Mm. Ooh, I didn't know this. I didn't yes. know that either. I took some notes, <laughs> as I'm supposed to. All right. Uh, the title of this album is in reference to the USS Monitor, which was the first ironclad warship commissioned by the United States Navy in the Civil War. And uh, da, 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 da. Uh, we're not going to get too into it, but there's a song on here that uh took place uh on the same date the album was released uh, the battle took place the battle um, of hampton roads yes the last track we're going to have to get into that later yeah march so. 8th and march 9th 1862 and mm-hmm. the band released this album just basically to <laughs> as i said to celebrate the 148th anniversary 
of this historical event. Wow. Yeah. That sounds very Pat Stickles. Yeah. Right. Say. Yeah. He's there's. Very, he's, I need to read up more on him. I need to look. He's incredibly talented, him. but pretentious. Is you see, yes. Yeah. Yes. That is exactly how yeah. I would describe this dude. Yeah. And I mean, I, I need to look think, him up more. Like, I don't think he's pretentious as much anymore. Uh, honestly, uh, having briefly met the guy and worked huh. with, uh, and listened to like this most recent album, his most recent album, like, maybe so, you're talking to me about it one time. Yeah. Like, he, uh, he like kinda like alternated between like big blown out rock operas like this and then like the most lamentable tragedy. Yeah. But in between that was, uh, local business, which was more straightforward rock songs. A yeah. Lot definitely. About his personal struggles and depression and stuff like that. Yeah. But still more, more sort of grounded rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, I completely agree with that. Now that you like say that, like that was way more of a grounded rock. Yeah. Album. That's and like my personal favorite. Of his Tyson most thou, you're the first person in history to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. Uh, but then uh, the most, uh, and here's a funny story about this album. Uh, I went and I bought it uh, at the mon- the moderator. No, uh, local, local business. business. Okay. And I bought it <laughs> at uh, the venue where I just seen him play, and he was standing right there. He was signing all the albums, and I brought it up to him to sign. And the guy standing next to him is like, "Ah, I always say that's an unsung Titus Andronicus classic." And Pat's just like, "It's okay." <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, All right. Well, let's get into the first song. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um, if we want to dive into the first song, uh, it's called A More Perfect Union. Union. Yeah. Uh, so there's a Civil War theme throughout this album, but yeah. I wouldn't say that it is an album about the Civil War. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. especially like. At all. Because it starts off with uh, there's a lot of guest spots guest spots on this album mm-hmm. and a lot of them are just like people reading off famous quotes yeah this actually the album opens up with a abraham lincoln speech yeah um, i'm gonna probably butcher this the lakem address um l-y-c-e-a-m address um, yeah address to the young man's lyceum of springfield illinois january 1838 right. but when the when the album's actual music kick off kicks off and this is one of the other influences i thought of i immediately thought arcade fire yeah like, it's it's got like especially like if you guys remember the song from the suburbs uh month of may it's got that very like sort of like almost warm distortion kind of thing yeah. so like i i really thought that that was kind of like but then, like this punk voice comes through, yeah, yeah. Pat, raspy punk <laughs> yeah. voice, grizzled voice, right? Yeah, not like Tom Waits, not, not like, like Tom extreme, Waits, but no, like, not like no. the previous, more like, uh, if more he tries like, hard enough. Who's the lead singer of Rancid? He sounds like that. He like, sounds like that. I think he sounds a lot like the guy from The Replacements. That's yeah, yeah that too. Which who's the lead singer of The Replacements? I've never like dove deep into The Replacements. Uh. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. We'll, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to. We'll we'll have some other podcasts. Yeah, about yeah. Someone come on our show to talk about the replacements. Yeah, please but, don't talk uh, about that. But another funny thing I noticed about him is like I've listened to interviews, some interviews with him. He sounds like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, <laughs> <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this there's a really great um, sort of guitar lick going on. Oh yeah. Um, uh, he, there's the first reference to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he goes, "Tramps like us, baby, we were born to die." Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very lo-fi recording. Um, but there is great drumming. Um, mm-hmm. but there, 
my biggest complaint with this album, and I talked to Alex about this, yeah, like yesterday or the day before. This album has terrible vocal mixes, and yeah. like, the vocal mixes are very muffled and stuff like that. And like, I hate it when people do that. Like, I it, it's a lo-fi recording, and I get that, but like, you need to you need to have if you're gonna do like albums with vocals. You gotta have the volume turned up a little bit on the vocals so that we can hear yeah. what you're fucking saying. Like to me, it just makes it just some, comes across to me that you're self conscious about your lyrics, and that just and this guy str- writes really strong lyrics, and I think and that yeah. to me that was really disappointing. Yeah, like I I guess like you have more of an ear for that type of stuff. I didn't notice that completely. I mean, I noticed that like this is definitely a uh, lo-fi recording, like the music, mm-hmm. which is the thing I noticed, which is like part of why I always go back to this band sometimes, like just throughout the year, I always find myself in recent years, I always go back to their albums for some reason, just like go back and like get it back into my See, brain. I think Matt and I approach music from fundamentally different backgrounds because... Ooh. Interesting. I think... <laughs> Obviously, the vocal makes it shit. Like that's that's yeah. the contest. It's 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 an issue of whether you care about it or not. Now, yeah. if you're listening to the first time and you want to hear the lyrics, like yeah, that is obviously an issue. But coming from someone who listens to a lot of lo-fi music, mm-hmm. who yeah. is really into like black metal, who is really into punk rock, a right. lot of stuff where the mixing isn't that great. That's not something I really think about it all when I listen to this. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear somebody listen to this with the critical eye. Right. Well, that's yeah. that's just... I mean, I grew up listening to punk music, too. Yeah. But, like, it, it's just... Um, but even, like, the punk... Like, the... Uh, uh, Suffer from Bad Religion. Like, yeah. And that's a very lo-fi, very punk record. But you could mm-hmm. still, like, hear the vocal. Yeah. And, like, I just, like... I just don't... I just don't think there's an excuse for something like this. Yeah. Like, it's just, like... I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I know it's, it's an like aesthetic people, choice. Yeah, it's no, no, no. It, it, but, and I'll get into this a little later. I think it kind of it ends up working for the album a little bit in sort of like yeah the 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 overarching theme of it to me. Um, that's but we'll get into that later. So should we? Anybody else have anything to say about? Well, I mean, the like the thing about the the vocal mix on an album like this and comparing it to something like bad religion is I think that because sorry, what the hell happened? That's, that's my phone. Um, <laughs> I guess you have to cancel the episode now. Right, right. Oh God. He made a silly up. noise. With breaking, phone. breaking the tension over yeah. the, freaking but you know, I'm judging right now, but when I had Greg Gelati on my show, my phone went off because my dad called me. Ooh, yeah. At least no one's you have called to that. Uh oh. Well, I keep yeah. it on because I need. Sometimes I reference things on. My so phone. like, yeah. uh, I think just like the, it, like, like I said, it's an aesthetic choice, and it's like you said. I think it fits in well with the way that the album is, which is sprawling, lots of feedback. Yeah. There's like portions where it just goes into like drones transfers definitely like, like it's it's really really rough around the edges and definitely I think like later in the like album that. when there's like even like like the songs are close to like nine minutes and like especially like the last song there's last a lot of like minutes long yeah and like it's there's definitely spots where it's like very droney or like uh 
weirdly like mixed pianos. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt, I will say this. I think that you have a good point because when I look back at myself listening on this album in high school and stuff like that, I don't think I appreciated the lyrics as much as I could have. And I think right. that vocal mastering is one of the reasons why. Yeah. And like re-listening to this, I'm like wondering why don't some of these songs like pop mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit more? Like I can't really listen to this album the same way that I can listen to another album like like Boys and Girls in America by The Hold Steady, oh, right? where yeah. uh, the vocals are very forefront in the mix. Yeah, and you can easily understand what Craig Finn is saying because he's enunciating everything like this, man. Yeah, and like <laughs> I never now that you like described it, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, but like, Finn. yeah, like. The way I got into Titus Andronicus was actually through the hold study because Craig Finn is on this album. Oh, yeah. He's voicing, uh, I think, Walt Whitman later. Yeah, at the very end. Here. Yeah. But yeah, I, re-listening to this album has opened up a lot more lyrical themes to me. And right, while yeah. I know you guys are focusing a lot on the instrumentality, I focused a lot on the lyrics here. Yeah. Well, the, no, yeah, I mean, I'm glad. Because, I mean, there's... Some definitely the strength of this album is its lyrics. Oh, definitely. That's what yeah. makes, what makes, what it makes this disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things. Like, uh, like, when I was listening to this album last night, trying to like take my notes, and I found myself, I read the lyrics the entire time while listening to this. I, you and, know, I've al- and I've always had trouble with lyrics. You, I, Matt knows this. I yeah. hate having to do that. Yeah. I had to do that on the Tom Waits album, um, also that we reviewed with Sean but like even he right right but even his vocals came through more clearly and mostly the mostly i had to look up tom waits's lyrics as we talked about it it's like you're just like what the fuck did he just say like what yeah esoteric song right but let's uh let's move on Uh, i do want to tackle some of just the lyrical themes on this first i do yeah okay well go ahead here's the thing i i i wanted to talk about that too because like this whole album is like based has is loosely based on the Civil War, but it's not fully about it. Yeah, it's still very to, personal. There's I like want a personal to address stuff. that without yeah. getting too bogged down in the weeds. The Civil War metaphor in this is a metaphor, and it's for <laughs> Patrick Stickle's own struggles with mental illness. Yeah. Right, and it's a concept that shouldn't really work. I yeah. think. I think if this album came out now, like there would be a lot of people on Twitter who would be pissed off about Pat Stickles comparing his own personal struggles to the Civil Freaking War. Actually, yeah. no, that's a good comparison because yeah. mental health yeah. can be a war with yeah. yourself. Well, yeah, that's that would be my response. That's exactly my response right. to that. Yeah. And I think Pat is very aware of some of the more like problematic areas that kind of comparison that could go with like making himself into a martyr on the tier of the millions of Americans who suffered under slavery. Yeah. But but he, he largely avoids that by just like lightly touching on it as this war metaphor. Yeah. Like making it his own personal war, like sort of in like a black flag sense. Right. But also like, being very well researched like like we said it if you look at uh <laughs> the insert he like is reading like insert Ivor bernstein uh the new york city draft riots he's like ken burns he uh ken burns is so punk yeah right? he is <laughs> he's like PBS uh, crowd. referencing like uh <laughs> biographies of john brown like wow he, he obviously knows what he's singing about and he's passionate he's about it too yeah he's obviously someone who spent a lot of the time in a bedroom uh, reading 
yeah. about this stuff. Well, and also, that goes to the second thematic theme about this album, which is that it's kind of like an anti-Springsteen album. Yeah. It's an album about him moving out of New Jersey finally, as opposed to longing to leave it. I thought this song was about him like moving to New Jersey. This song is about him moving to Boston. Boston, yeah. okay. It's him leaving New Jersey, oh. going to Boston, I think for a relationship, and hating it. Yeah. All the worst effects of his mental illness are exacerbated by being in a new environment. Uh, he's surrounded by people he hates. Uh, his relationship isn't going well. Yeah. And obviously he's suffering from severe aggression and uh, substance abuse. And I think that is what this album like sort of starts out with the bang, like the Born to Run type song. Yeah. Uh, is like, it's just like a shock to your body like preparing you for what the rest of the album is it's definitely like one of my favorite songs of all time oh uh, yeah i think like, it's a great it really, opening like, track introduces you well to the album yeah, yeah it's a it's a great opening track yeah and um minus yeah. the vocals, minus the vocals. <laughs> that's that's a problem on the entire album but yeah. um do you but, want to move to the next song? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if the opening and closing tracks are like the bread, these are like the condiments. That is yeah. how it is. Uh, yeah, Titus the, and, and... Go ahead. Titus Andronicus Forever or Theme from the Monitor. This is just like a short track where he's just saying the same thing. The enemy is everywhere. The enemy is everywhere. He's got this great blues boogie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and there's, there's honestly... This is sort of a thing that... A re, he reprises this... This um, this the enemy is everywhere, yeah. Sort of melody throughout the entire album, um. But this particular track, there's not super too much to say about it. It's mm -hmm. more of like a, just sort of introducing like this this reprise that he's gonna yeah. bring back and forth yeah. into the album. I think he also dives into the concept of the enemy. At this yeah. Too, which the enemy is uh, I think his uh, bipolar disorder and depression. Right. Is yeah. What he wants to mark that out as yeah just like a short fast way of just like expressing that kind yeah, of thing yeah. just like constantly dealing with it like Comparing that to being in battle surrounded by enemies like the battle in your head like right. the enemy is everywhere mm -hmm. right so you know, it was a nice fun punk song and like like uh, I think it's said here in my notes like you know Tyus Andronicus they have this, this type of stuff on all their albums yeah. I uh, I remember listening to the most I can't even remember the most what tragedy the most lamentable tragedy. I listened to that album once. Like uh, that was a double. It's intimidating. Album. Really? <laughs> it's, intimi it's three freaking discs. Yeah, it's so long. I, I found this to be kind of this this album in and of itself is is kind of intimidating. Yeah, sixty five yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah. I think the most lamentable tragedy is the only thing that could realistically uh, compete with. Uh, the monitor for Titus Andronicus's best work. Yeah, but like, like I said, it's intimidating, and like he wanted to go all out on that. He was like talking in interviews, like I'm gonna make a triple disc rock opera record, yeah. and like he said that he did that just to make sure that he actually did it by Fuck putting him. it out in press. God, this pretentious ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 such a it's such a dichotomy with pastickles. He's brilliant. Hand. I'm not saying he's not brilliant. I'm just he's like, he was so freaking down to earth. He's down to earth all the time. During all his shows, he like pauses there and he's like, "Hey, I know that people like to get a little wild during our shows, but everybody here has the right to be respected. Everyone here has the right for their personal space. Oh, so you calm right, down." Of course. He's very caring and very self-conscious, but he's pretentious as fuck. No, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's and that's a, that's a terrible thing about pretentiousness. Like, especially yeah. if someone's 
like super sweet, but they were like very pretentious. Like you're like, ah, oh, shit. It's, anno- <laughs> it's, anno- it's annoying, but <laughs> but you're so nice. You have right. to deal with this person in conversation. Yeah. You guys want to move on to the next song? Yeah. No yeah, future. That would be a good thing to do. No future part three, and the funny thing is that no future part one and two are on the first album. Yeah, they're on Titus Andronicus's first album of the Airing of Grievances. Mm, Airing of Grievances. That's the first one I ever bought on vinyl. I enjoy that album a lot. Well, yeah, there's a lot of good songs. I think it. that's the one that's most sonically similar to The Monitor, but yeah, like, really? it's less like related. I they, they started experimenting with some of the same thematic things. Like They had, speaking of pretentiousness, someone reading a quote from The End of The Stranger by Albert Camus about mm. going <laughs> to the gallows and laughing or whatever. Like, yeah. There's like a lot of like stuff like that that they experimented <laughs> right. with wow. that led into this album in particular. Well, this song, again, crap vocal mix. Um, <laughs> it's very punky, yeah. you know, which is awesome. This song has great fucking energy. Yeah. Like, you can't deny how, like, you can't not get into the energy, but at uh, three minutes twelve seconds, the tempo slows down, and he goes into this uh, thing where he talks about being a loser. Like you'll always be a loser. You'll yeah, be, yeah. yeah. It just ends with them singing it a bunch of times. But then he goes at the end. He 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 goes. You'll always be a loser. But that's okay. Yeah. And I was like, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's, good. that's yeah. A lot of. A lot of these tracks, because they're so long, are sort of divided into movements. Right. Yeah. And uh, a lot of them is a lot of swinging back and forth between that state of depression and that state of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> and I can say that because I am bipolar. Yeah. So He knows. I know. And like, uh, apparently this describes his depression while attending... Ramapo College in Mawa, New Jersey. Well, I think it describes his depression throughout his entire no, life. Okay. I think this is really the first track is more like an introduction to his album. This track is an introduction to his depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's sort of like introduced the album with, hey, I'm leaving all these things I know in New Jersey. I'm going out to this new place. I'm going to be surrounded by enemies. And we don't really get a sense of what the enemy is until this track. Yeah. When the enemy is, oh, it might be himself. And it's never fully confirmed until the final track, I think. There are a lot of, like, music critics who, like, project, like, oh, Pat Stickles is talking about the girl he's in a relationship with right now. And I think that's them projecting because I think Pat is very self-conscious. Mm-hmm. about that kind of stuff. And I think on this album especially, he's very self-conscious about grappling with his own masculinity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I noticed, like, I read... <laughs> I read this funny interview uh, where he uh, was promoting A Productive Cough, the most recent album. Yeah. The one that's mostly, like, basic rock songs, down to roots, like he covers Bob Dylan on that. Uh, and he had... Uh, the reporter for stereo gum in his apartment and he was super concerned because his bed wasn't on frames. It was on the floor and he had just read, do you remember? Uh, I don't know how on Twitter either of you are. I don't do the Twitter. No, do you remember, I, bar- I barely uh, do it. Cat person from no. the New Yorker, the short story that went viral. I kind of, I remember, I, I vaguely remember. I hear, I know the term cap. What is it? Uh, yeah, it, 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 I don't it's, know. It, it was all. a short story that went viral because of the me too movement. It was very much about like power dynamics and dating it's about this 20 year old college student who ends up on a date with a 34 year old guy who doesn't realize 
and she doesn't realize how old he is and like she ends up having sex with him does he lie even about though, his age or what did he lie about his age i, I don't mean, think he like, i think he just doesn't bring it up at uh-huh. all and like it's it, it's a, a failure of communication like this isn't a perfect protagonist either which is part of why it was so relatable i think yeah uh but yeah it just ends up being like a description of like a sexual relationship that was consented to at the start, but then like it's not pleasant for the girl who's a part of it. And like, it sort of dives into the gray zone or whatever you want to say about like these discussions about sex and sexuality and consent that have arisen because of the me too movement. Uh, so anyway, the story ends with the guy texting her and calling her a whore for not uh, texting back. But, sorry for spoiling it, <laughs> but <laughs> Pat Stiggles was very concerned about that story because he was like, oh, I want to make sure that you don't, that, that like, I am, I am trying to be very self-conscious about the way that I interact with everyone around me. I yeah. don't want to be like, I, I don't want you to think any presumptions of me because my bed is on the floor. Well, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, res- I can totally respect a human being yeah. like that. Like I'm glad you're telling me these things. I didn't want to like yeah. hate him as a person. Yeah, yeah. And listening to this album, I was like, I don't know if I like this guy. I'm not saying so this I'm to like, be defensive of Pat. I wasn't sure if I liked him the first couple listens to because right. I was like stuck up. Like, is he singing like violent stuff about like the women in his life or not? And he's not. Right. He's yeah. singing about himself. It's pretty obvious. No, it's yeah. just like the just the it, that stuff like kind of crossed my mind too. But like just his like maybe it's I'm starting to talk about how how pretentious he is that's starting to make me sound pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think it needs to be avoided. I think it's fine. You're on a music podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go ahead. But I'm um, just say it. You guys want to move on to the next song? I, I think we're on a good tangent right now uh, that I want to talk about a little bit. I know you want to keep things on track. Right. Right. Go ahead. Uh, but uh, I do want to talk about if we're talking about the me too movement, how this album sort of reconnected with me in the quote unquote, Trump era, like modern times. I think that this album is like the themes that it deals with are, have aged unfortunately well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, the, like, we do live in a time where it's like the depression. We kind of talked about this actually on the last podcast with them when we talked about the Ariana Grande album. And mm-hmm. like, um, and those two artists couldn't these two artists could not be more different yeah but like i think they're exactly the same yeah maybe <laughs> well they actually they talked structure. a lot about the same yeah. things like, like yeah depression especially her most recent album thank you next yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah and so like that's some um, and like with the sort of like i'm gonna use this word totalitarianism of trump's america like it just seems like at least for me and this is how i felt for a little while like like, you know, I always kind of thought as a kid that, like, you know, by the time I'm an adult, peace will be on earth. Everybody will be treated <laughs> equal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then Trump the just, end of history. Francis Fukuyama. Right. And, <laughs> like, this – and then, like, Trump, like, I think to see, to a lot of people mm-hmm. seem like, well, the bad guys won. But the like, enemy is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think that that's kind of – that's a part of the reason why I think, yeah. like – a lot more people, at least, at least some people, even no, even like people who I know who are right wing people don't seem very happy either. Right. And it's just like, it's like, what have we come to? But 
luckily America changes every four or eight years. So like, that's the thing that's like lovely about this country. Yeah. Yeah. But we're hopefully going to see soon. It was, it was crazy (laughs) reading this album sleeve because I actually first opened this album shortly after the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. And like some of the quotes on here in firing his gun, John Brown had merely told what time of day it is. It is high noon. Thank God says William Lloyd Garrison. Like, very confrontational thing there. But then at the bottom, they, he also quotes the butthole surfers. Then there was the ever-present football-playing rapist. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, from Pepper. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are both things. Because he was, like, dealing with all this toxic masculinity stuff in uh, Boston, in Somerville, or yeah. Somerset, or whatever the fuck the, the suburb he was living in. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I think that just, like, the overarching sense of paranoia, like, us against them is, like, internal, but it can also be applied to be, like, external, and how the way that your brain works yeah. makes you make enemies out of people, whether mm-hmm. justly or unjustly, that's a different yeah. conversation. Uh, but yeah, I definitely know with, like, my mentality sometimes, uh, especially, like, hmm. Before I like went into therapy, there would be times where like I'm just like a very sensitive guy, so I can immediately just go to like fuck you very quickly. Right. Right. Yeah, like I can immediately just go if I can get any type of criticism, I could just immediately go in my head and just go like oh, fuck that person. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you know what the thing is though, you guys are younger than me, so <laughs> when you guys get older, you actually kind of embrace that more. And you actually kind of use it as a shield. So that's like, yeah, like definitely like lately. And like, like another thing, like ever since I kind of like started this podcast, like when I started this podcast, I was not necessarily in the greatest place, but now that like, since I've done this podcast and like people seem to like have take my opinions seriously, (laughs) like it's giving like, it's given me a lot of like self-confidence to be like, you know what? If I hate something, I don't have to fucking pretend that I don't like it. Right. And that, and that like. Trash those vocal mixes. Right. Yeah. yeah these do it, do these it. vocal mixes are so bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just be honest. Right. And like, but like, uh, yeah, this album, I have a, I love it for some reasons and I hate it for some reasons. Right. There's two types of like, there's two types of ways to sort of like, at least how I listen to music. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the hardest thing to write in music is a catchy chorus. And I'm not going to lie. This album doesn't have that. <laughs> so, right. like, this is a lot yeah. of, like, poetry music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes, like, there's some songs on here where, like, I couldn't tell. I was reading the lyrics. That was the only way I could tell that it went from the verse to the chorus. Right. Because, like, sometimes there's a song on here, and we'll figure it out what, as we go along, that, like, the verse sounded like there, it did not change at all between the verse and the chorus. I don't think this song has very apparent choruses. No, yeah. right. the I, album has doesn't. It really doesn't have even that have very choruses. apparent like. It's melody. like all verses, right? But uh, maybe that's just probably like what he wasn't trying to do. That was think, what he was. No, yeah, I get, no, and that's fine. Yeah. But, like, it's very apparent in his live show because another thing that Pat has recently taken to do is covering like obscure rock songs. Oh, or well, not even obscure. Like he covered like like a Rolling Stone in the last album, and he would made it like two minutes longer and kept going like, I'm like Mick Jagger and I'm like Keith Richards and I'm like Brian Jones. But uh, he also like, he <laughs> played it like pretentious, <laughs> <laughs> but like bar band style. He was right. Like, right. He was in a bar band. And like when I saw him live, this is actually extremely pretentious. He played like three songs off like a 
like a seven inch from 1982 that is no longer in print. And then did he go? Did he go so working class songs. British band that was yeah. lashing out against Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, yeah, I mean, like it becomes very apparent when you listen to them covering those songs. And then when you listen to songs on this album, but I do think he goes more in the verse chorus verse on like local business and the, the most lamentable tragedy, like yeah. a song like Dimed Out. I think Dimed Out off the most lamentable tragedy has a great verse chorus verse chorus. Okay. okay. So but pl- we were talking about hate and it's time to talk about one of the most hate-filled uh, songs of the album, Richard II. Let me let me read this off. Okay. okay. Richard II or the extraordinary popular uh, demolitions. Delusions. Delusions and the... Madness. Oh, madness, it's just coming along really slowly. Oh, um, I have it in front of me. Oh, go ahead then. Richard II or Extraordinary Popular Delusions of the Madness of Crowds Responsible Hate Anthem. Okay. In my notes. <laughs> Pat is mad. I, in my notes, I started writing the song title of this, and I got to popular, and my first note was, your song title is too fucking long. <laughs> he's, he's Calm down, He's dude. going into metalcore territory. He did, he, his, his freaking, the name of this song is like, Seven words, and then he has the nerve to put a parentheses beside it. He doesn't really. Big. I did. I like when I looked it up. It just doesn't says Richard the Second. But it's a good song though. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's very focused. Right. Which, yeah. Like sometimes, like some of these songs aren't like focused. Like they switch around. Like the opener, like. But and that's part of the reason why he divides some of them into movements because right. the different movements have different focuses and that allows it to be more clear. But this is very obviously about someone or something that is wronging Pat and he is the most indignant about it. The most. <laughs> um, also, this we haven't really quite talked about this yet. This album actually has a very great flow to it. Yeah. Like the way it oh, it like, transitions. Yeah, uh, I wrote that down too. The transitions are beautiful. I think it's almost better to listen to it on CD, although... I think I actually do prefer record because it gives you some like break time (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. on a 65 minute album. But like, that's the thing about 65 minute albums is like the only way to listen to that is on a CD. This came out, this is definitely a product of the CD era, no matter how much Pat loves Springsteen and the replacements. I'm trying to see if this is the longest album we've reviewed so far. Um, Actually, I don't know because I didn't, I think, I think actually, it is the longest album we've ever I don't know. Ever. I think Rain Dogs might have been a little bit long. No, Rain so. Dogs was shorter. I think Rain, Rain Dog Dogs songs have, like, there's 19 songs in that album, but I, I was looking at my copy of it when you guys interviewed Sean, and, like, I noticed most of the tracks in there are, like, two or three minutes. So. Yeah, I think, like, Rain Dogs is less than an hour. So okay. this is the longest album. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Richard how, II. Mm-hmm. How um, about the drums in this baby? That's my favorite great part. Great drums. There's yeah. great drums. Yeah, um, it's just like wartime drums, Civil mm-hmm. War drums. It, it really gets you like really warped up and into it. I remember when I was running cross country <laughs> in high school, like this would be something that I would listen to. Like the opening track and this track especially would mm. be what would pump me up to go running. Yeah. Like, uh, what's this? The ache, Oh, this lyric. The aches in your bones are nobody's fault but your own. Ooh. I thought that was a pretty strong lyric. That was good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically, like, 
sometimes you only have you only have yourself to blame for your faults right. most of the time at least in my life experiences that's what i thought yeah. i'm particularly partial to the curse that pat puts on at the end the whole curse going may you endure every indignity knowing all the while that life will go on and when it ends may you have nothing to say except that it took too long and may i be there somehow asking where are all your friends now that's <laughs> yeah that's pretty like badass holy crap (laughs) (laughs) i can't even deny that like that's just like in the same way and this is a tight song too yeah yeah Uh, i I think there's like a long ass drone at the end but like that aside it's probably about like what four minutes yeah five i think yeah yeah, it's not like the actual song is not really that long yeah it does have a it does like another like minute yeah like sort of it shows that titus andronicus like like, I bet if you listen to more of the later stuff, I can't speak for the mixing, but I can say that, like, some of their songwriting stuff, like, if you listen to, like, even stuff off the Most Lamentable Tragedy, like, uh, mm-hmm. Dimed Out or Come on Siobhan, like, those songs are well-written songs that are very to the point. But uh, this, like, yeah, that's not what he was going for on right. this album. They're, they're, um, yeah, like, this is definitely... I'll get when my when I give my overall review, like I'll talk I'll talk more in depth about like what I um mm-hmm. felt about this album. Yeah, there's just um I don't I guess like there's a reason why this album really kind of frustrates me and makes me upset. But like <laughs> that, but it like there's a lot of there's a uh, I don't know how to articulate it now and not kind of give away my overall review but basically like it's just the there's a way that this album made me feel and it just it really worked the yeah. more and more i think about it yeah are well, you frustrated be- with how it made you like how it got to you that way yeah um but yeah, yeah let's go into let's the, move on yeah yeah a Damn. pot in which to piss this is actually one of my favorite songs in the album yeah um that's a, neat a pot uh, in which to piss right um you guys I honestly Sorry don't. For my articulation. No, no, it was good. I, I actually it. don't have catchy. too many notes about this song. But I have a I question do. though. Who is Cassie Ramone? Because she does the opening is intro. She in the Ramones? No, I feel like everybody's a... been in the Ramones. Yeah, <laughs> no, We've been I in mean the maybe she's related to someone. From yeah, it, you know, like. Um... Well, the Ramone was. I'm assuming the Cassie last is name a woman. of anybody. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. There's a woman who. Yeah. So... I apologize for making that assumption, but like. Yeah. I, Oh, she's in Vivian Girls. Vivian Girls. Oh, okay, cool. that's right. Yeah, they're one of the special guests on the album. I've never listened to Vivian Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, this song. It seems like he's. It seems like he's talking about his frustration with being an artist. Yes, that industry. is exactly it. Yeah. I, I just love how like after that, um, like short little speech, the, for, the short little quote. I just love how Pat just goes right into the song, because I I don't know what um, instrument is playing. It's just like piano. some dr- like piano, like some drone sound in mm-hmm. it. I just love like how his voice sounds. His voice sounds kind of weak when he starts. Oh, excuse up. me, I got that confused. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Alex. Yeah, his voice sounds kind of weak when he goes. It was a pretty good GPA. Mm-hmm. I just love how he like goes into that because you get. I can sense a little bit of the pain. Yeah, in this is obviously starts, his yeah. song about his work and how he's yeah. attached himself to it and right. how he's worried. And the second part of the song, if you. Uh, have the record and you look at what he's naming the different 
segments. And he's naming the different segments, too. Right. Uh, yeah. This part two is titled From a Brooklyn Vegan Comment Thread. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where he has lyrics like, you ain't ever been no virgin kid. You've been fucked from the start. Which, like, in high oh, school, yeah, that's, that high was... school, exploding brain. <laughs> yeah, that was a great lyric. Um, yeah. There's, that's right around... Is that right around the time when... Because um, at 510... This little piano like comes in, so I th- I'm assuming yeah. that that passage is in there yeah. somewhere. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did we go again, Spring- Punky Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Punky yeah. Bruce, Punky Bruce Springsteen, Punky like replacements, uh, yeah. like rock and roll. This was like peak indie era oh, for God. this kind of music. Yeah. And I mean, oh, definitely. How about I give a little bit of my past context getting into this? Okay. When I was oh, yeah, like we're here for. 14 or 15, like. Most of what I listened to was either metal or angry white guy rap, like mm. Eminem. No, like Jedi Mind Tricks. Oh, okay. Oh, I never. We even, got I never even gangster, heard of gangster shit. The heavy metal kings talk real shit. Okay. Uh, Jedi Mind Tricks. Okay. Jedi Mind Tricks. Yeah, they kind of blow. Uh, <laughs> don't tell Vinny Paz I said that. He'll kill me. Uh, but. Uh, John Darnielli from the Mountain Goats used yeah. to write the ending column in Decibel Magazine, which is probably still the best <coughs> nationally syndicated magazine covering heavy metal in the yeah. United States. And he <clears throat> would write these hilarious, like, uh, final columns every month. Like, he'd be like a black metal fan on the internet, like, bitching about how a record isn't cult enough. Yeah. Or, like, he'd be talking about, like, his, like, freaking like slam band and how they're like like yeah we wanted to put more severed heads in the album art but then the pr said we couldn't so uh i got really mad at him like he would, <laughs> he would like do this like heavy metal team satire like that and uh so i was like hmm, i gotta check this guy's music out and that's what got me into another album that maybe i'll talk about at some point uh uh all hail west texas by the mountain goats oh yeah and uh the mountain goats were what connected me to indie rock and I got into a ton of bands at that time, like Aquaville River and The National, who I still think are great. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, my <laughs> favorite band from that era. Sorry, oh, The National. Not, not, <laughs> they, they haven't aged well, in my opinion, you're but go on. Not into this type of vocal style. <laughs> no, Ooh. I love their first uh, two albums. I love, oh, I mean, Sad Songs for Dirty Lovers is probably my favorite of all right. time. But, but uh, like I like their I like their more recent stuff too a lot. I think they're one of the few bands of that era that hasn't like fallen into the folk rock pit. But like yeah. the Hold Steady was my favorite favorite band of that era in high school. And yeah. the thing about the Hold Steady is that it was like a fantasy for me. Yeah, like the <laughs> stuff that they sang about, which was mostly about being. Like Craig Finn, like looking at it, like all the kids at the shows, and they're all like taking pills and making out with each other. And like, I'm like a skinny kid who like hardly has any friends and doesn't really like do like any drugs or like drink at all in college. And I'm like listening to this music and I'm like, it's pure escape. It's, it's, it's this music is as fantasy to me as listening to Dragon Force was beforehand. Mm. Like, because <laughs> like, like, that's wow. that's the thing about like what I think about the whole thing, and that's why like I've had trouble revisiting the whole study because by the time I got to the age where I could be drinking and going out with my friends, like they became dad rock. <laughs> yeah. No, like not even like became dad rock. They were suddenly assumed to be dad rock, and so I can't find anybody to listen to them with. No, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I still probably the best show in my life was seeing them right after I got a prom date and uh, for my birthday <laughs> with my two friends. Wait, wait, pause. You got a prom date for your birthday? Is it? What? <laughs> no. Okay, no. You are assuming some weird. No, but the way you worded up that. Harem shit. The way you worded that really. My birthday is April thirtieth, and that is right around prom. I want everybody here to know that I am never engaged. In sex trafficking. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matt. I'm sorry. This is how it oh to me. my so I was God. Like, like, we uh, know you've been wanting this for a long time, son. So we, we got you a prom date. All right. Yeah, that's, what, that's what freaking happens in skinny Atlas, New York. All right. Listen. Uh, listen. We're, we're almost like literally an hour in and we're only halfway through the album. Yeah, okay, we let's get through. The point is, Craig Finn was also on this album reading it and he was in the start. Of this next song, Four Score and Seven, where he was Walt Whitman. This was yeah. a great song as well. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, there's a sorrowful violin that kind of opens it mm-hmm. up. Um, there's a really cool like harmonica thing that mm-hmm. happens at uh, yeah. 139. Uh, starts yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I have a lyric written down here. Uh, but when you, okay, but when you, when they see what kind of person that you are, um, then you won't be laughing so hard. And actually, there was a thing where, um, during a, a Trump protest, yeah. someone had a sign um, with those lyrics up, um, and uh, Patrick uh, retweeted it. That's, and, that's interesting yeah. because I interpreted that about being about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, connected dots. Yeah, there's really cool yeah. horns on this song, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like this uh, song a lot. Mm. Uh it's like it, this is where he really like falls into like really repeating the it's still us against them motif like it's still us against them it's still us against them it's still us against them and like this is like one of like the the this is like the song that if you're holding to this civil war metaphor this would be in the midst of battle mm-hmm. and he's like pat is talking about like his worry and his frustration about being critiqued for making music yeah that he says like the founders of america like coddling people that they should have run through i'm interpreting that to be like slave owners in the south who like mm-hmm. petitioned for the three-fifths compromise and like they're like a metaphor for like the people out there who like it's like making art for people as opposed to making arts that's based off your true self mm, and like yeah. the people that he talks about like they're freaking Kavanaugh's on how pretentious no, <laughs> oh my god I'm no no uh, I'm just being a dick so. yeah <laughs> but like yeah like that I told you guys I'm sick <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the thing like He's, he's like, this is, this is one of those songs where he's just like so pissed off at like how no. shitty people can be. Well, no, yeah, that's, it's, again, it's very relatable. There's like, he's, there's... he's pissed off about that and he's pissed off because he's also worried that he himself is shitty. Yeah. Right? Because that's the human condition. We were founded as a nation built on slavery. And mm-hmm. then we get to like the point where people are like telling people to get raped and die on message board comments. Right. Yeah. Like it's just like horrible hard, like just the history of like horribleness. And like, this is just like warning about that. You might want to throw a content warning at the beginning of this episode. Too. Oh. <laughs> no, don't worry. We've, all, we've tackled controversial subjects. Yeah. Right? yeah. We have. Um, so 
You guys, anything? Alex, have you said any? You haven't said anything about this song yet. So yeah, please. I want to hear your take. Uh, oh crap. Um, you're kind of. Whew, you definitely like said a lot of how I feel. Like this is definitely just like him struggling with how he feels as an artist. Yeah, but I don't know. Just like you basically <laughs> said how I feel. I mean, um, hmm. Uh, if I had to be honest, uh, I don't know. I just really dug the song. I just dig this album just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's definitely like lyrics on here, but like John already hit them. Like the whole like, but when they see the kind of person that you really are, then you won't be laughing so hard. And I love how he like he gets even like louder with a like, no, you won't be laughing so hard. Then he says it again, and then um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Just all I have to say is, is I just really did. Really dig the song. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then you guys want to move on to the next song? The yeah. theme from Cheers. The Sometimes drinking song. you want to know. No, it doesn't go like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I looked this song up I've on Genius. Cheers. I'm 25 years old. Yeah. It's when a I great lo- show. Yeah, really when is. I looked up this song on Genius, uh, all the facts it gives you is just the lyrics to Cheers theme song. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like that's all the info it gives you. So uh, I there's think no it's help. like, uh, so this song features Don McGee of Spider Bags, a band I have never listened to and never yeah. heard of before yeah. I looked it up earlier today. And it's a drinking song that gradually, sorely transforms both through life and yeah. through realizing drinking is masking some yeah. other issues. Yeah, this song is about drinking to hide the pain or to forget the pain yeah. this is a song Let's drink till yeah. we can't feel feelings anymore yeah and like it, it's interesting because it opens up in like very much like a college mindset like oh we're mm-hmm. going out on a saturday night we're gonna get fucked up and drink some keystone lights and Gross. Like stuff like that keystone light is disgusting <laughs> <Ugh>. yeah <laughs> i love how he references cheap that. beer yeah. Right. yeah but like yeah you will the not more be and more to... the song Although, goes on the hold more... on one second yeah. Although Keystone Light, if you want to sponsor us, yeah, Keystone we'll Light, we'll, we'll say your name it. over and over again. I it's will, like, I will lie and say that your beer. No, I won't. It's, it's like an terrible. SNL yeah. where like they throw like random references to like McDonald's and the awful skits about like R. Kelly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh, man. Uh, no, let's not get into R. Kelly. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, not, yeah, that's not that is that. an episode that we were not going to tackle. Well, yeah, but I think, I think, yeah, like I think like, that's like, a conversation that needs to be had, but maybe not right. Yeah, now. Yeah, maybe not right now. Let's not give him our attention. But um, there's like lyrics on here that like perfectly says like what we're talking about. Like, so let's get fucked up and let's pretend we're all okay. And if you've got something that you can't live with, save it for another day. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's See, just like my one. Am, friend... I too, am I too far away from the mic? No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, John. My one friend uh, really loves this song. So the my one friend who also really loves this band. You met him, Chris from Flower Crown. Oh, cool. Uh, and uh, like he loves this song, and he says like he tries to put this song on when uh, he's hanging out on the weekend with like his friends and roommates, and they don't want him to put it on. Oh, really? It's sad. <laughs> this, is, this is not a party album. Yeah, is, it's yeah, definitely it's not. not. I mean, like it's a it's a great album to hear played live. But like, yeah, not, that's actually I bet that's what I thought. Oh, like, when I saw them live, it was live. a ripper of a show. This great mm-hmm. band from Portland, Summer Cannibals, open for them. Ooh. You got to check them out. They are fantastic. Summer Cannibals, all right. And like Jessica Bedreau is an amazing front woman, and she's very like similar to Pat Stickles and how she commands an audience. Do you, uh, uh, Alex? What are your thoughts? But uh, yeah, like, like we... they really 
own the live performance cool. is the point I'm getting. Well, yeah, I definitely agree that this is definitely a song about just like drinking with your buddies and just kind of forgetting how depressed you are. Until eventually it turns into drinking. Until eventually you're drinking, <laughs> really, yeah. you're drinking so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I've ever had like flat out moments where like, I would go out with people, just drink, and then someone just talks about something super depressing. Oh, God. You have... I'm a... Are I you sure about that? that I, yeah, John I'm, Cena meme. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, trying to think like of, like, that, maybe... As a guy I, who drinks a lot, this is something that happens. <laughs> so. yeah. I've been around for some of those times, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, You've never been out and about with somebody who wanted to talk about how depressed they were once they were drinking. Um... Maybe a little bit, but it never like drinking esc- is a depressant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know that, but like, I don't think I've ever. Okay, let me rephrase this. I don't think I've ever been out with people and so it like escalated into something huge. Well, Alex, you're not a big drinker. Yeah, no, so I'm not a, like I'm not a yeah heavy drinker. And like, I don't think all. a lot of these like conversations necessarily have to escalate into something huge. Yeah, I think um, these are think things that are like touched upon. Like, I mean, like as someone who like has been depressed in the past, like I don't like blurted out out in the open they, yeah like, it really comes out more when i'm alone yeah i mean oh, yeah yeah you know, you're absolutely right yeah i don't think i've ever done that where i've just actually you know i think i have had like a beer at home when i'm depressed but like i usually do that sometimes too with like a gatorade or a ginger ale or i drink alone <laughs> um this can make me sound like i have a big problem but <laughs> i i drink alone like maybe like once or once or twice a month yeah. Oh, yeah, I would say like, the same thing when I'm like cooking or something or watching something on TV. I try yeah. not to do it that often. Yeah. I like I mean, I, some um, Jack Daniels with some Diet Coke. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not an addictive personality. Like I yeah. couldn't even no. get through like the first or second carton of cigarettes I bought, and like mm-hmm. that was like the last time I bought cigarettes was like. Four Does months. anyone ever like? I I, agree, I I'm the same way because yeah. like I um I've experimented with some heavier drugs. Yeah. Right. People have like. Ended up having like some dear friends of mine ended up having really bad problems with, but like right. they never like I've always like I tried it, it was like okay, cool. yeah, and then you just like move on. At least that's how I am. There's yeah. some people listening right now, like must be nice. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. I just, how do you I don't do know. it? I think getting high is overrated, but like that's yeah. just yeah. like but that's, that's just something to talk that's about. just the Mac Grant hot take. Anyway, right? yeah, I mean, like I've had uh, my, um, I guess the the. Hmm, the time where I would get really depressed is like, well, Matt knows when like when I was younger and I did mm-hmm. weed, it made me really weird. Right. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, I yeah you always weed. yeah you got yeah. weird. Yeah, you did, you did some things that like were yeah. kind of just to try and get attention. Yeah, get attention. And I think then, like, it makes you more self conscious. That's why. Yeah, and then like when I started, then when I smoked like in my mid twenties, it would just make me paranoid. Marijuana. And, yeah, marijuana. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, does that? Yeah, like. The most recent time, I've talked about this so many times, but just like the last time I did smoke weed, I just, I couldn't enjoy what I was doing. Cause like, I just like, I am not one of those people who just like, I could smoke weed and just keep on enjoying the day. Yeah. It, look, yeah. It's just that's not just for not, you. yeah, it's yeah. just not for me. And that like, that was like the moment where like it finally clicked where I just like, I was, I was at like a party and like everyone was like joking around and I was just kind of like, Ugh. right. Yeah. And I was like. That's what made me sad. I was like, I could have had fun. Like that's right. That's when like right. the time where and it really you get hit. really in your head. And also, like, we're not possibly. we're not avoc. You know, if you do drugs, you <laughs> know, go ahead. Like if you want to smoke weed, go ahead. It's just I think for yeah. everyone who's talking here today, I just I don't. If think If you're that's like really Pat Stickles thing. and you think that you want to drink 
then you'll drink to excess yeah and you smoke the smoke will come out of your chest right uh, who are we to tell you we are random podcast voices right yeah yeah uh, circulating through the ether just don't right. do heroin or crack or yeah, cocaine do or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't care guys drugs are bad but um, yeah <laughs> anyway that was theme from cheers is the drinking song on the album which leads into uh to the old friends, friends and new, new the relationship song on the album Ooh. there's a great piano this song reminds me a lot of fairy tale in new york by the pogues does anybody else get that? Yes, you're right. I, uh, <laughs> I I actually just tried to start listening to the Pogues. Um, I don't like the Pogues. Oh well, I I was actually um, we've talked I've about tried him. so hard to get into them. We've talked about him quite a bit, but there's this this um there's this reviewer on YouTube named Anthony Fantano who yeah. Alex and I both really revere. Melon and um Matt yeah. Melon, the best teeth I'm in the, the game. game. I'm Melon agnostic. Uh, but he did a thing recently on his meme channel, which he also uses as like sort of a another thing mm-hmm. to, to put music out there or do weird skits. Um, but he talked about like uh, a folk album starter kit <laughs> and the uh, Pogue's first album was one of the albums he suggested. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've been into folk in my lifetime, but like he named some albums that like I'd never listened to before. So I actually yeah. have the first Pogue's album. Was he talking about like folk in general? Or was he talking about like train kid music? Folk punk. Uh, a little bit of that. Like, yeah. um, Rusties. Let me, I, I'm going to try and, you guys go ahead. I want to try and get the title of that Pogues album. Yeah. I never listened to the Pogues either. I just. I mean, I tried in uh, high school and I mean, it's just like, it was like coming off. Like I've always like associated like the bands that were really influenced by the Pogues, like Flog Molly and Dropkick Murphys with yeah. a time in my life where I was like getting into music. So I just sort of think of it as immature or fairly or unfairly or yeah. Boston sports related. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, uh, it's called the rum Sumdali and the lash. Yeah. That's the album. Yeah. It's just like hard for me to get into that because it's yeah. just like not very much. I don't want to, it sounds so shallow to say not really my aesthetic, but like it's just like That's not fine. what yeah, I Yeah, it's, it's not your I, thing. Yeah, I just don't I don't I, I tried to enjoy it and I can't. Yeah, yeah. But I, what does that what does that Pogue song have to do with this song? But I love this song and Fairy Tale New York is actually pretty alright. Mm-hmm. Uh the what what it has to do is that it's just like it's a duet. It's a duet with uh Jen Wasner. Jen Wasner of Y Oak. A oh. band that uh I have never gotten really into but yeah. every time they come on i enjoy them yeah they're okay their song came on when i went to go see japanese breakfast mm. at a spirit which is which was wants to love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh um that was a great show and one of the one of why yeah, oak songs cool pl- well. yeah uh one of why oak songs played yeah. there and i shazammed it and the album was just eh, it was all right it was just a synth pop it's very album. much indie rock yeah it was very just an it's indie, indie pop. rock from brooklyn new york let's yeah. talk about or actually from baltimore maryland <laughs> let's talk about this song though uh, yeah it's a two new and old friends jen weisner the guest vocal yeah um, yeah it's a song about two people who have depression and can't really communicate sorry i cut you off no no, no. I, I i was gonna kind of say the same thing great poetic lyrics yeah. about sort of fighting with your significant other yeah and um I, mean, I, I get like the sense of like um one of them wants to keep the relationship alive and the other one wants, wants to, to leave, leave. Yeah. yeah yeah i really i really dug this song yeah it's a pretty it's pretty it's kind of i found this song kind of heartbreaking yeah because i kind of i mean 
it's a, it's an understandable situation to be and i mean this song doesn't really connect to me because like i have never had a long-term romantic relationship oh, me either. and before anybody keeps pity upon me i'm not sure that i even want one at the moment so mm. sorry Ooh. not sorry <laughs> he's single guys yeah. <laughs> I, I like being single but uh <laughs> uh like the thing about this song is that like obviously I can relate to it by like having f friends who suffer from depression. Like it's yeah. it's hard when you're in your own head and the other person is also in their own head and you have these expectations on other people to not be in their own head. Um, yeah. Oh, like sucks. there was a great quote that I found on the genius annotations related yeah. to this that like uh like so often we go into relationships expecting the other person to be the finished product while we have the opportunity to evolve. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we're always evolving. Right. And this song like sort of has to like, is like sort of like grappling with the inability to grasp this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that's a, yeah, that's just um, anybody who's kind of been in a long-term relationship yeah. that didn't work out. That is definitely like a, um, that's something that normally happens because, like, you are the truth is, is that, like, it's not that one person isn't quote unquote growing up or yeah. whatever. It's just that you two are evolving into different things constantly, especially like over like a year, a six months to a year to two yeah. years or whatever. You're not going to be the same person right. that you were. So, like, you got to, like, when you're in a relationship, you have to understand that right. about each other. And, and sometimes people don't accept it. It's just right. I hear like, a lot of people say like, like, oh my God, when we first started dating, she was like this. And now like a lot of people, it's very hard. I mean, this is coming from a guy who like, this is something I've been working on a lot in my life that like, I'm really bad at change. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when something changes, I merely get in my head. Mm -hmm. Right. So that can like really mess me up. But like, with like relationships, I mean, this is coming from a guy who's never really had a long term relationship. Matt's the one who's had long relationships. Yeah. We've talked <laughs> enough about my relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go into that. We don't have to no, go into that. We talked about that. The last in podcast got real. I was like, I was looking at Vanessa like, please shut up. Go back catalog. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back catalog. Not mine. So like, that's a big part of it. And this lyric stuck out to me is that if I were there to keep satisfied all of your carnal desires, then it might be my place to say what is or isn't forbid. So how can I hold it against you if you answer the call of the wild? Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, know how I feel I'm about gonna, that. Yeah. Do you know if we have any water here, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Go Does to the box water? office. I got water. Yeah. Okay. I think that's not necessarily the most healthy thing to say. Yeah. Not that these are healthy people in the no. song. No. And like the, the part of that isn't that healthy. healthy at all, basically. And I, I don't know why, but that, maybe if I were better at fucking, then yeah. like, would <laughs> stick around more, and I would I'd be licensed to be mad at you for somebody else. It's like no, yeah. that's like part of the thing that I like grapple with with dating is just like yeah, being very very sure to treat the other person. Thank you. Respect their autonomy. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. Conversation and respecting that, and that's kind of like what I admire pat for doing with this album is using his artistic medium to grapple with some of those more unhealthy desires and sort yeah. of like air them out but like try and create it constructively which i think leads into the final part of the album well yeah, yeah. um uh let's talk about wait let's talk about uh and ever again 
Um, the reprise. Yeah, it's the reprise of the um, of the of the hold on, I'm sorry. and surprise. The enemy is everywhere, kind of thing. And um, the enemy is still everywhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing um, it back. It's fun though. It's like definitely like. This the one's most rah rah kind of part. Yeah, of the this album. one's yeah. got a cool like piano boogie in it. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit longer than the one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but yeah. Yeah. And then that, it ends with this quote: uh, "Abraham uh, Lincoln at his first inaugural address, March yeah. 1861." And this is very important to point out. I think this is the only quote besides maybe the Walt Whitman one that was actually written or made during the Civil War. Go ahead, Alex. What what was that quote? Yeah, it's he. The Lincoln quote that is used is, "I'm getting prepared here. I am loathed to close. We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies, though passion may have strained. It must not break the bonds of affection. The mystic cords of memory stretching from battlefield and patriot grave to every living heart and heart." Hearthstone, see, I can't read. Go ahead, you're fine. <laughs> and Hearthstone all over this broad land will yet swell the chorus of the Union when again touched for surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. Mm. Holy shit. The better angels of our nature. This mm. preceded four years of the worst war that happened inside the boundaries of American <laughs> territory. Yeah. But yeah. still, like, and like, that is, that is, uh, well, I think beautiful. that's important context for that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I just, just love that the better angels of our nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a And that leads into the Battle of Hampton Roads. Which is and it's my fucking favorite song on the album. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the opening and the closing, like if you view this album as a sandwich with like the <laughs> Titus Andronicus Forever and Ever being that the economist like the inside is a good sandwich, but the bread is the best freaking part. Right. <laughs> and like this song, like, is sort of Pat coming to a realization on the themes that he has sort yeah. of been addressing here. He's realized that being in Boston is not healthy for him. Oh, yeah. He's realized that he is dealing with all these issues. Uh, the comparison of the Battle of Hampton Roads uh, with the uh, USS Monitor and the CSS Virginia, the first yeah. two ironclad ships to do battle with each other. I read this up online. They ran out of ammunition. They both went to port saying that they had won like Patrick, <laughs> like Patrick and his uh, mental illness both have won. <laughs> like yeah. is basically what he's like trying to say there. And like the war will continue to go on, but like it's, 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 it's a self-reflective song. It's a very harsh critique of uh, what is going on like in Boston that he's witnessing. Like, he is like talking about like saying ain't hard to see without craning your neck. He'll be 70 some inch tall. He'll be chugging a beer. He'll be grabbing his balls. He's a remote explosive waiting for someone to call. He's just 18 for a bit now, but he's going to murder us all. And I like remember coming back to this right around like the Kavanaugh hearings and being like, holy shit. (laughs) Um, Like this was prescient. Yeah, that's. And um, then like the immediate next lines are like, solidarity is going to give a lot less than it'll take. Is there a girl at this college who hasn't been raped? Is there a boy in this town that's not exploding with hate? Is there a human alive that can look themselves in the face without winking or say what they mean without drinking or believe in something without thinking? Wow. Like, holy crap. Here, there's a the third um, sort of passage in this has my favorite group. Yeah, I want to hear it. Um, there's a, this, I thought this was kind of funny, but like, 
I have a hand and a napkin when I'm looking for sex. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I love that. And when I when I and then I and that's no one to talk to, referring to his hand. Yeah. When I feel when I'm feeling depressed. depressed. And so now when I drink, I'm going to drink excess. And when I smoke, I will smoke gaping holes in my chest. And when I scream, I will scream until I'm gasping for breath. And when I get sick, I will stay sick for the rest of my days, peddling hate uh, at the back of a Chevy Express. Each one a fart in the face of your idea of success. And then he (laughs) apologizes to his dad by saying, oh, this is true, dad. I'm sorry. Right. This is... uh, but he's also like this is definitely his most passionate vocal yeah. Yeah. passage in this. Yeah. Song. What do you think he's trying to say with this? Like, I think he's like yeah, he, a like lot. he's made a lot <laughs> of realizations. He made a realization about other people. He's made it in Boston. He sees like all these like meatheads like the kind you would see in this city in the South Side like going around and just being like generally awful. And I think this is where he really starts to grasp of like his own concept of masculinity and like what it takes to be strong and brave and be like this soldier in yeah. this fight and constantly like undergoing the masculine impulse to constantly be at war with this enemy and this yeah. enemy is inside his head yeah. as well as around him and he just points out all these horrible things that like toxic masculinity has done to like the people around him especially in boston which like if you've gone right, to boston boston, boston is of- by the way boston <laughs> i'm gonna go off on you for a let's second. go off on boston, boston have you, you two been to boston i've been to boston <laughs> i've been like to boston. i've been to boston too and uh but here's i've talked about this before my best friend is uh black mm-hmm. and we were watching a bruins game and i can't remember the hockey player's name but he was a black hockey player who scored the game-winning goal and like ended the Bruins se- season. And you can clearly hear the crowd chanting the N-word at him. Jesus Christ. And it was awful. And I'm sitting ne- I'm sitting next to my friend and he's got this look on his face like you wouldn't believe. And yeah, fuck you Boston. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck yeah. the New England Patriots, fuck the Boston Celtics and f- no, I won't say this, fuck you, Goodwill Hunting. That's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> but this is right. exactly the kind of stuff that like is pissed Pat off so much. Yeah, like this is like everything that he is just like trying so hard and so consciously and a little pretentiously, but so hard to like avoid in his life, and it really just all comes to this close on uh, this song where he talks about. It's it's the anti Springsteen song. He's yeah. going back to Jersey. Yeah. He's gonna do that. Yes, he has. He all couldn't these make issues. it outside of Jersey. He, yeah, like, right. He, he tried has his issues. And, he yeah. can't hold down a relationship, so he has to masturbate in order to like feel something. Feel something. Shit. Like, that that, kind of now feeling. it's like all like coming he back to, to me. He yeah. drinks to excess. He smokes a lot. But god damn it, he is him and the enemy, which like. Like I do, you, read do you think this is him like accepting who he is? Yes. Yeah. The very yeah, last line, like some people, like especially like on like Pitchword.com, have like concluded like, oh, he's yeah, talking about bastards. a relationship or like mm-hmm. something external, but I don't think so. He's talking about what's inside his head and how the uh, illness that he has struggled with has also made him who he is, and he is going to go back to his home turf, and he is going to continue. To live on, hopefully not as enemies, but as friends. Yeah. But these last lyrics are just very depressing. 
Yeah, he's pouring yeah. his heart out. Yeah, it's he like, really but my is. enemy, it's your name on my lips as I go to sleep. Yeah. And I know what little I've known of peace. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've done to you what you've done to me. And I'd be nothing without you, my darling. Please don't ever leave. This is just such a real strong song. It just keeps repeating, please don't ever leave. Yeah. yeah. It breaks out into those bagpipes. Oh, it's almost shit, just like almost just like They're very sorrowful. Kind of fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's sort of um it sort of kind of feels like he kind of gave up a little bit. Yeah. And I think that like And he probably is worried about that. He probably thinks like, "Oh, I'm moving back home from being in this new city." And like, that's a shitty feeling, too. Almost, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not, like, basically, like, getting the uh, the thing of, like, Pat Stickles. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, the local town, like, football player or whatever. Like, they go, like, you're going to make it, kid. He wanted to do this himself. He did. He, he wanted to leave and just get the hell out of his hometown. And he, I can like, definitely relate to that. Yeah, I definitely can relate do to this it, too. Art. Like, he, like, made yeah. the first album when he was in college. He made this album, like, when he was in or just came back from Boston. Yeah. Keeps saying that he wasn't going to keep doing it, that he was just like too depressed. But then like he kept going. Yeah. And I definitely get that feeling, but it's been nine years, almost nine. Oh, actually it has been nine years Yeah, since this album has come out. So he has something in him that just keeps pushing him. Yeah. And even now thing. I think it's more of just like maturity even. Yeah. I think the last album was more just like a reflection of taking things in the moment. The last album? A productive cough. Okay. Okay. Uh where like he's talking about just like having a conversation with the guy at the bodega, like writing like songs about like his crass tattoo. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh a band I've yet to get into though. Crass, yeah. That's yeah. kind of difficult. It's it, there's so many bands out there that just fill musical blind spots. Yeah. And it's <laughs> Okay, so but, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you have anything else? Uh, like, I mean, I think that Pat has matured a lot since this album. I think there was a period where he was frustrated that this was the album that he would be artistically known for. Because right. I think that this album is also kind of a wound. Not that like yeah. his follow-up album isn't where he has a song called My Eating Disorder or the <laughs> album that he completely dreamed up when he was manic and made a triple album yeah. uh, and then recorded when he was depressed, uh, yeah. the most lamentable tragedy. <laughs> right. Like all these albums up until a productive cough are like kind of a wound. Yeah. And then like people didn't like a productive cough that much. I was amongst that at first, but then like my friend was like, my friend Chris was like, keep listening to it. And uh, I did. And like, I'm grown to like appreciate that. It seems like Pat is in a better place. Yeah. And cool. I and really that's the thing. That's the thing. That. Like especially with people who are battling depression. Yeah. Like you start to notice things more. Yeah. And like, and I like I still get my like, uh, depressive moods. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten them recently where I just kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't get super depressed, but I just have like those little. I don't. You two can probably relate to this. Yeah. Like you just get those little feelings of depression, mm-hmm. and you just kind of go like, ah, oh, I just feel like crap. But then mm-hmm. you kind of like, you gotta give yourself time to like self reflect. Mm-hmm. I can feel like Pat Stickles is a guy who's done so much of that. Yeah. Just to realize it's like, don't end it, dude. Yeah. Right. You still have a lot to live for. Right. You still and have I, a lot yeah, going on I in your life. Yeah. I think that, yeah, like it really says something that I'm all of a sudden so invested in this one guy's life. <laughs> like uh, this is music that is clearly attached itself to me. And yeah. like, even like in like dark moments, in moments of transition, I think is where I revisit this album a lot. Yeah. When I'm moving to a new place, when I'm like doing a long like drive somewhere, like when I'm just like on my own, I can put on this album and this album will keep me company. And I just, 
it's 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 an album that has become very personal to me and has unlike some of the stuff that I was listening to high school been like a constant in right. my life. That's so awesome. that's yeah. It's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this album, yeah. but I'd love to hear what you Okay, think. yeah, let's give our final thoughts. I want we've been here a while yeah. and I wanted to give you a little bit of time to talk about some local bands. So yeah. Alex, do you want to yeah, yeah. give your overall um, thoughts? Um I Really dug this album, especially like reading up on it a little bit and also hearing, uh, right. I'll just say it, I'm not afraid to, super fan, John Watt, give his like... I've gotten more into it after you asked me to get on the show and yeah. in the month and a half that it took to get on. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I understand you yeah. were running well, ahead, the show, Alex. but like, yeah. Like, yeah, um, I definitely, this is a band I definitely want to listen to more, especially the last two albums. And especially like getting more context on this, I can feel myself relating to this a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, as a guy who's recently moved out of his uh, hometown and trying to transition to this different life I have, you know, I can definitely, I can't fully relate to it, but I can definitely relate to some of the themes Pat is talking about. You can see how it's going to relate to you later in life. In yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So I can, de I, I definitely dig this album and I want to get into this band more and bands like it. And yeah, just, uh, I love music and I want to get, listen to more of it. So yeah, Got that's uh, my final, my final spiel. Hey, Matt. Um, Oh, he's got the iPad. Yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> got the notes out. If I were to uh, if I were to sum up this album in one sentence, I would call it a punk version of early Springsteen. Something like um, Greetings from Asbury Park. Um, right. He literally he literally even says in his lyrics that he desperately wants to be Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, that's those, the those, hilarious yeah. thing. And, <laughs> and he, those he views it as self-destructive too. Right. He's like, yeah. get it. Springsteen's his whole goal is to get out of New Jersey. But there are some parallels there. Like, wasn't he miserable living in L.A.? Like, Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, another artist who has begun to come out as someone who struggled pretty intently with depression. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was obvious on Nebraska. But right. Like, like, yeah. Okay, so he, like, he says in his lyrics that he desperately wants to be Bruce Springsteen, and those influence are certainly all over it. Mm -hmm. He does easily match Bruce Springsteen's passion and ways of connecting with people with lyrics about uh, dis being disappointed with himself and humanity in general. There is certainly a lot of connections uh, having that there. I don't know, it kind of typed out wrong. Uh, that, <laughs> that being said, this album is not for the casual listener. Mm -hmm. There is no catchy choruses or melodies that are easily remembered. The production on it, is not slick mm -hmm. and not easily accessible, but that works to his advantage as an overall piece of art because life isn't slick and easy. It's rough and distorted and it's uncompromising, but it still can be joyous and passionate, much like, much like this album. This is definitely an album that you want to sit with, maybe even several times, um, but you could definitely rock out to it as well. Oh, yeah. Like, there's moments yeah. where you're going to bang your head. Mm -hmm. There is some, there's some great punk power chords and some kick-ass guitar work. But it is a thinker. And that's what you'll definitely be doing after you're finishing it. And you'll be thinking about your place in life after the album is complete. And you'll be thinking about where we came, where we've come from as a nation, and where we are as individuals. And that's kind of why... I sort of like find this album kind of like I frustrate with it because it is very accurate to the human mind. Right. 
Like yeah. there are so, some surface level things that draw you away, but there's something underneath it that draws you back. Right. It's 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 funny you say that stuff about the melodies because I think that there are some great melodies there. Maybe they aren't as apparent. They're not. But like you gotta listen more. Like the melodies and the repetition. I think. Yeah. I think that that's what originally drew me in, and then getting more into it. Uh, sort of the lyrics, Pat Stickle's personality, uh, really made it more rewarding. Mm. So yeah, this is this is one of my favorite albums of all time, and I'm so glad I got the chance to talk about it. And oh, spread its gospel with <laughs> I will, you, the listener. Right, like I said, like you know, like what I said, listeners. Like this is definitely this is a music nerd album. Yes, and like you know, and I'm very kind of like. I love stuff like that, but I try for me personally when I'm on this podcast, I try to per, I try to put albums out there that I know people are going to want to listen to. Yeah. So that's or at least try and like cat and I'm not saying nobody's going to listen to it. Oh yeah. What I'm trying to say is that like I want I want you to understand exactly what you're getting into. Right, yeah. I think if you're a big this. fan of punk rock, I think if you're a fan of the replacements especially yes. or like bands like that if you've already gotten into like husker do if you've gotten into like bands that aren't necessarily the most tight and don't necessarily have the most production value but you become really attached to the sound uh the personal energy put towards it just the passion behind it then you will enjoy this album. Also, if you're yeah. really into early Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah that's who. <laughs> just, that's how I've always described Titus Andronicus, just a punk Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that with many other bands, like The War on Drugs. I consider like The War on Drugs kind of like a dream pop Neil Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like I, I, I compare him to Tom Petty. The yeah, kinda. I've gotten into. Okay, like we can have this. Com- we can have this conversation off because I feel like we're gonna take another. Can let's I go uh, talk about yeah, Lost let's... in the Dream now? Well, let's no. Let's <laughs> when let's you set your eyes to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's real quick. Let's uh, promote yeah. some local bands. Yeah, yo, yeah. You're the local yo, yo, band. Yo, there's guy. tons of great stuff going on in Pittsburgh. When is this podcast gonna come out? Probably in a couple weeks. In a couple yeah. weeks, you're gonna yeah. miss uh, the upcoming show but obviously my buddies in flower crown have a bunch of great things going for them they're going to release their upcoming uh album over crafted sound uh is that the name of the label that's the name of the label yeah crafted sound has some great bands on there uh i friends of friends uh are in bat they're another great cycle i've heard of them before i've tried to get them on my other podcast but they have them on this one. Yeah, they're great. Uh, they're a garage rock band. They're really yeah, good. Yeah, they're really great. Uh, so yeah, Flower Crown, Batzupol. Uh, my friend Richie, who's in Flower Crown, also plays in a great doom metal band called Myers. I've seen Is that them- spelled M Y E M I R E S. They opened for I Hate God a while ago, and uh, they put on a <laughs> sick show. Uh, and then- wait, how do you spell that again? M I R E S. M I R E S. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there are like tons of great bands. Give too, us one. So. Give us one more. Like, I mean, I've been enjoying. Like, I can list off more than a few. Like, the Zells are another great band who are signed to Crafted Sounds. Uh, I saw the band Rue open for Daddy Issues recently. They're always great. Uh, I don't know anybody in the band, but they routinely put on a good show. 
Uh, Alter Boy puts on a good show. Oh, and my uh, friend's band, I forgot, Frame and Mantle. They used to be Erie-based. They're now down here. Mm-hmm. If you like like American football or like Empire, <laughs> Empire, I Was a Lonely Estate, or like that kind of like more post-rock influenced emo music. Yeah. Like they are just great. I saw them play a great set of Gooskies. They are recording a new album right now. Sweet. So yeah, definitely check them out. And I'll, I'll say, uh, I need to get more into the local music scene with like this type of bands. We need to try. And uh, that was one of the goals of like having <laughs> this a podcast, podcast yeah. was to try and promote local artists, but yeah. y'all are being pieces of shit. <laughs> get whoa, on my podcast. Whoa. Whoa. Well, I don't think Burning that bridges. I don't think that's gonna be a nice welcome to them. If no, you call what I mean is shit, like yeah. I am literally offering you free promotion, guys. Yeah. Come on here. Yeah. I'm, You're not not as, I'm not a piece of shit. I'm not as mean and as grumpy You're as not I a piece <laughs> He's sick. You're not a piece yeah, of shit. I mean it's frustrating like that. You're a beautiful you're sexy. People yes. <laughs> You're a I, sexy I think band. It's just, like, intimidating to go on a podcast. It's intimidating to go on a podcast with somebody you don't really know that well, and it's intimidating to like do the music thing. Here. Like, especially if you're like, hey, if you could play the music live in here, I don't think this is a great space for it. Well, well maybe. Know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out yeah, if we'll it ever it out. happens. Yeah. But, you um, might just like have them play like a song off their album, like MP3. Right. That's that's what that I. That's yeah. the that's the kind of the no. thing I want. But yeah, anyway, I mean, uh, like, yeah, you should like try hitting people up. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure there'll be more people who would want to just like even even just having like other people and bands like come on talk about an album like we just did and then like. Maybe like play something like that they uh, recorded. Play some of their own music. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, what we'll see what happens. Yeah, we just have to reach out. I'm to not people. here to give you guys advice. It's your podcast, <laughs> but we appreciate <laughs> we it. We thank so. you, John. Well, yeah. John, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for inviting. We finally me made. We finally, finally made it. <laughs> we finally it. made it happen. Um, we gonna make it. We gonna make it. <laughs> we gonna make it. Uh, I think that's all we have for you today. Yeah. I will say this, John. You definitely had the longest podcast. So no, yeah. Hey, what he, can he, I he say? Did. I love talking. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, he definitely didn't have the longest episode. Oh, though. well, I don't the, know, one, the one longest with the, album for the longest episode. No, it was no, no, no. The one with uh, Vanessa with the Ariana Grande one was. Long, oh yeah, long. that one was the, really the, long. That was the longest one. Well, yeah. we're gonna edit out parts of it. So <laughs> yeah. Be shorter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, well, so, it already happened. So yeah. yeah. But uh, yes, uh, thank you so much, John, for coming on the show. We yeah, love talking thank you for to you, me, Alex, Matt. Of course. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. <laughs> and this right. has been Talking Tunes with these two guys. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collection.